Freestyle Travel. Hey, everybody. This is the Freestyle Travel Show, and I'm your host, Kenny Flannery. This episode is going to be featuring Kurt Reifler from New York City. <laughs> uh, we talk about travel fatigue. I met Kurt while he was touring around the United States in uh, 2008, the 48 and 08 tour. Uh, we get into it. We discuss how we met and all that good stuff. Uh, and while I travel pretty much nonstop, you know, the longest in 10 years I've been in one spot is uh, just over a month, less than two. Uh, Kurt kind of will travel for six months and then find a place to stay for six months, you know, give or take a few months. Uh, yeah, pretty much when that travel fatigue sits in, sets in, uh, he gets off the road for a little bit and uh, finds a little place to be productive. Lately, that's been Berlin. So that's where we had uh, this interview last week, actually. Um, yeah, in Berlin. Berlin always catches me. I always think I'm going to go there for a couple days or something, and it just sucks me in for like a week or more sometimes. Uh, that's what happened this time. So I did that uh, Trust Roots interview from the, the last episode, and then I went and stayed with Kurt for a night. Uh, we recorded that episode the next next morning, and I thought I was going to leave uh, and move on, but I uh, found out that a friend I haven't seen in a long time, she was living in Berlin, even though she was about to move too. People come and go from Berlin a lot. So I spent the night with her. We caught up with a, another mutual friend. And again, I thought I was going to go, but a friend of a friend was living in Berlin, so I went and stayed with him. Pretty interesting guy. Uh, this guy I stayed with, uh, his name's Julian, and he hitchhiked with a baby. Um, his baby. Yeah, not, not some random baby he found. I think that'd be kidnapping or something. <laughs> but yeah, he had some really, really cool stories about that. I mean, got to be the youngest hitchhiker. Uh, I'll put a link to his blog about that in the show notes because it's, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I wrote a book about it too. I think there's some videos kicking around. But yeah, his, his baby's pretty interesting actually. Well, now it's like it's three years old or something. He speaks four languages? Yeah, because... He speaks to him in French. Uh, his ex speaks to him in Spanish. Uh, when they talk together, they speak in English, and they're living in Germany. So the kid is just crushing four languages. Uh, anyways, that's why I stuck around. It was kind of cool. Uh, and then I wanted to hitchhike to Prague, and I got locked into Hitchfest. Uh, Hitchfest is in Portugal, uh, August 2nd to August 6th, 2017. So if you're listening to this before that, maybe you can go. But uh, I got locked into doing a presentation. Uh, I'm just going to talk about my travels a little bit and then mostly talk about packing really light. Um, I think on the 3rd, I'll be doing that there. So I'm set to go there, but I figured I'd go to Prague first just because Prague's cool. Um, I found a host there who... Said she had a sewing machine. It didn't work out that way. <laughs> uh, it ended up being more like an Airbnb situation, actually. So I went and met her, and that night we got a beer, and she showed me her place. It was really small, but uh, she said she was just going to stay with her boyfriend. So gave me the keys, and I just kind of had the place to myself for a couple nights. Um, yeah, I didn't get the, the sewing machine thing done then, but I did enjoy Prague just for the beer. <laughs> I made this joke about Germany, but I, I stand by it. Like, it's kind of like the iPhone of the brewing world. Like, it used to be the thing. I mean, I guess, I guess it used to be the thing, but it's definitely not anymore. But a lot of people still think it is, even in Germany. Like, <laughs> they think 
the top of the beer world, but they're getting buried by a lot of people. I mean, good vice beer, maybe the best vice beer you can find. Um, yeah, alt beer, give them that one. And if you like flavorless lagers, <laughs> they got those. Um, this is not much creativity. If you're into beer, you kind of know. Uh, so I was, I was happy to get to Czech Republic because they've had a lot of new breweries open in the last five, ten years. So I got to try a bunch of different stuff there. Really good stuff. And yeah, there's this girl I met on the bus in Budapest. If you listen a few episodes back about the whole bender going up to Krakow, uh, she's living in Prague. Uh, so I went and stayed with her for a night. And coincidentally, she did have a sewing machine. So I was able to stitch up a few things in my backpack, add a couple loops I wanted to add, etc. Uh, which is good timing for the hitch fest because I'm sure doing a talk on packing light might as well show off the backpack that turns into a tent so that'll be cool and I found a host in just south of Zurich I figured it'd be a cool place to stop on the way to Portugal and I kind of fell short I left Prague yesterday I fell short last night I got real close but not quite all the way dealt with the cops a little bit too they're really nice for the most part um I walked on the highway, and they don't like that, so they ended up uh, giving me a ride, though, to the next town, but it was really late. It was like midnight. I'm still trying to hitchhike, and then I tried to walk down to the road to camp, and that's when they coincidentally came back like an hour later and saw me, but I smooth-talked my way out of it, but then I had to walk through town and like find some other place to camp, but halfway up a mountain, I found a place. So this morning, I caught a couple easy rides, got here, met my host, had a local beer, which is good. And but he had to go, so now I just have his place to myself uh, for the most part tonight. I might go grab a beer at the brewery or something later. I guess the lake is pretty warm, so I might take a swim tonight or tomorrow and keep on going to Portugal. So that's that whole situation. But uh, yeah, let's um, yeah I'll talk a little bit more about Hitchfest I guess after after this. But yeah, let's, let's meet Kurt Reitbart. Talk about some travel fatigue. So, uh, <laughs> and we're in. And we're here. Uh, this is Kurt. Hey, from New York City. Speaking. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in Berlin. Let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room, Kenneth. What's the yeah. frequency, Kenneth? We uh, so let's let's uh, let's tell people what we're working with here. We are professional. Yeah, we are competent. Where do you think my desk comes from? We're sharp. Yep. And uh, we recorded a 37-minute podcast. Yeah, it was awesome. We thought. Yeah. Turns out we recorded no podcast. Yeah. So we realized that as we finished, we felt pretty good about ourselves. Yeah. Then we went out and took a walk, regrouped, and here we are. Good. Everything is good. <laughs> We're back. Feels, feels good to be back. Yeah. Been gone for so long. Yeah. Round two. All right. Travel All right. fatigue. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Travel fatigue. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's what we're talking about. Uh, first, this is this is Kurt Reifler. We met in 2008, somewhere before St. Patrick's Day in we Oklahoma did. City. Yeah, mid middle of March, early to mid-March. I want to say March 8th, 2008. That's, wow. I'm going with March 8th because I have an inkling that that's when the show in Oklahoma City was. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Well, the um, show was the 48 and 08 tour, which mm. is pretty cool. It's still memorable today. It's easy for me to tell people. You know, I hate to take credit for that name, but I mm. 
I did come up with it. So. Point was your manager. That's <laughs> so. true. Um, yeah, so I was uh, I played the forty eight states in two thousand and eight, and in one of those states, Oklahoma, um, Kenny and I had a had the same couch surfing host, and um, yeah, I'd contacted um, this woman, Delissa, and she had told me that there was another couch surfer there. That was me. That turned out to be Kenny. Uh, I wasn't happy about it. I'm still not, but it happens. I didn't have a choice. Right. And uh, you know, it's travel fatigue. You just you can't <laughs> yeah. always can't always make the choices you want. Um, deal with it. Yeah, we hit it off. We went out. We had kind of a crazy night that night, and then the next day, I said, "Where are you going?" And he said, "East." And I said, "I'm going west." And he said. Well, to be fair, you were going north <laughs> to, to Hayes. I think yeah. that's still... Initially, I was north. going north. Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah, we went all the way to Denver. Yeah. But, yeah, I stuck around for a couple shows after the Oklahoma one. There's a Kansas one, which was rowdy. And... Hayes, Kansas. Yeah. Um, and then we, had a, then we had a Denver, Colorado, and then we made our way up to Boulder as well. Yeah, in time for St. Patty's. That's but we split up uh, in Denver, I think. Probably, and then I just probably just kicked all the way. That's what I remember. Denver was our last stop together because I remember getting in the car and I was like, nobody else is in here. Like we we (laughs) said goodbye. We'd been on the road together for about a week. Does that sound right? And I was pretending to be your manager, basically Mm -hmm. just to get free beer. And sure, what was the name again? You told me earlier. What Uh, was my name? Oh, Dean Walker was the manager's name. Yeah, it worked. They bought it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it worked. How was the beer? delicious perfect (laughs) um so that's that's how we met and in the midst of that um crazy rock and roll circus that i had done um (laughs) one of the things kenny and i discussed with each other was just this idea of travel fatigue because at that point i was really in the in the heart of it and um he continues to be in the heart of it in the depths of the uh the depths and the doldrums of the (laughs) Dungeons and d- d- decathlons. I, I like yeah. I like alliterations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's pits and valleys, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you deal with it. So I mean, for me, yeah, it's just non-stop. You've got different kind of rhythm. I mean, even when I say non-stop, nobody's non-stop. I'm sitting in a chair in Berlin right now. So am I traveling right now? <laughs> should we go should we go well, are we going semantics so we go, let's, let's do but, uh, it what is traveling what does it I mean know. who are we Whoa. but uh yeah for the sake of just like going and going and then pausing oh we're in your apartment so i can say sure this is not traveling for you right now so i'm what, i'm definitively not traveling now right where my backpack yeah. is sitting there and as soon as we're done with this recording i'm walking to someone else's place where i'll sleep tonight right then, and, then you'll be traveling. And then I'll, yeah, I'll be traveling by right. foot. Yeah. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the layperson, walking. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're all Tra- travelers. Traveling by foot. But uh, what is your general rhythm? Like, how long have you been here this time in Berlin? Uh, well, let's see. I established a residence in, um, in Berlin for uh, the business that I have now, which we'll probably dig into later. But that started about three years ago. Um, so my rhythm at this point is I'm typically in Berlin for about six to eight months of the year. And then, uh, that remaining time, which is usually between four and six months. Let's see, was the math right there? Who, uh, do, do we have fact checkers here? Uh, yeah. All right. Fact check. Somebody um, is. No, we're not worried about that, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, basically it's approximately half the year on half the year off. Um, 
and that rhythm has to do with uh, a weather, um, yeah. b um, business reasons, but that's also related to weather because the particular business that I have is really, um, you know, facilitated by nice weather and the ability to be outside and experience things. Um, when you leave Berlin, not mm -hmm. to cut you off, no, whatever, it's okay. like, do you? Everything is gone, right? Like you don't leave anything in Berlin. I leave. Uh, so the last couple of years, I've left a bag here. Um, like a laundry bag sized bag that just has okay. um, a bunch of you know rolled up uh, t-shirts and stuff but but nothing my rule of thumb uh, when I've left here uh, so it's been on and off for like sort of three to four times now for long stretches is I leave a bag and the policy is if I never see that bag again that's so okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but when I do come back if that bag happens to be there it's great because then I don't have to you know it's just less things to worry about I kind of have like a baseline of clothes and and a few other things you know a, a monitor so that I'm able to work yeah. uh, more easily I prefer to have sort of a you know a just bigger a screen to look yeah, at yeah you're not going to haul around but it's good to have when you do have right. an apartment and if this. I never saw it again it's okay but it's yeah. good that I do um and I'm I'm lucky to have uh you know, like yourself, certainly just a lot of friends in a lot of parts of the world. So when I need to leave a bag somewhere, it's it's not hard to do. If you're a social and amicable guy like you, or yeah. like I like to fancy myself, I don't use the word fancy in well, that context. Now you context. are a fancy user on tape. Yeah, well, I'm getting fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's your rhythm. But this is how you deal with your travel fatigue, mm -hmm. is you pause for... Yeah. Four, six, eight, one, whatever it is. Yeah, when I kind of refresh and do the things you got to do. I mean, we're going to talk about productivity and privacy and stuff yeah. as well. But. Yeah, that's right. When I, the last month or two of traveling, I'm sort of lusting after the, the next stage when I know I'm going to be stationary for six, seven, eight months at a time. And likewise, the last month or two of being in a stationary place, I find myself chomping at the bit. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, I got the next. Get Next adventure coming up. So the grass is always greener. You know, no one's ever content with anything. That's the human condition. Yeah. So let's let's <laughs> dig in. Let's, let's dig. Let's dig in. Grab okay. a shovel. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got a few things that's written down to keep us sane. Uh, logistics is being the working? first one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of sanity rolling All right. around. Logistics. Yeah. That's one thing that creates fatigue. Like, sure. And just, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can say fatigue, but just it just it's something you have to keep on doing and thinking about. Logistics is like organizing the next couch or place that you're going to camp even, or even it's a hostel or a hotel. Like sure. The time you put into doing that, the time you put into where am I going to hitchhike from, what bus am I going to get, all these things, they add up. Yeah. Time. It's not just time, it's the quality of that time. Sure. Right. Food, water, shelter, transport, I feel like are the... The big four, you know, the four pillars, and you're you're like basically, where am I going? How am I getting there? What's going to happen when I get there? I mean, those are those are questions that are like survival related, so they're they're really important, and it's things that you have to worry about every day or every second or third day, um, depending on your style of travel. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, the logistics are the, I mean, it's a big deal, and within those logistics. Um, that really affects 
everything else because you have a lot of incidental time, you know, oh, I got to wait yeah. three hours between the time that I arrived at this place. But then when I'm able to get into this residence or when this person has the key or when I'm supposed to meet with so-and-so and it's, yeah, uh, you get somewhere at two and they're like, all right, I can let you in at seven. Mm-hmm. And it's, if it's not necessarily like a city and something's happening, like, yeah, you're just like, all right, well, yep, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's something that I find, uh, exhausting personally um and you know you can get around it you can obviously try to be as productive as possible in that time try to get work on projects that you have try to yeah that's what i do things but i well we were talking earlier about phones and things like it is easy to just put your head down and dig into learning a new skill or messaging so and so or arranging the next thing like and to kill that dead time if it doesn't exist yep and then it's the same thing. I guess we can throw logistics into like if you stay with someone and they got to be out the door at seven and they don't have a spare key. So you got to be out the door at seven. All of a sudden, like you're losing sleep. And that's like that is fatigue, I believe. It's like losing sleep. I can't argue with yeah. that. That's that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how all your travels went, but my sleep pattern is just just madness. Like, mm-hmm. like Yeah. I, you're hanging out with people so you kind of go to sleep when they go to sleep and then you wake up when they wake up and then the next day you're staying with someone else on a totally different rhythm potentially mm-hmm. and you just have to get used to that crazy sleep patterns like yeah and i do find um you know that i, I sort of demand more of a routine in my in my golden years here you know in the, <laughs> in the uh, but no I, as uh you know that that didn't bother me as a rock and roll musicians like okay gotta get up at seven one morning the next morning i might get up at 11 15 and then you know yeah no problem um but now actually you know i do like to have some kind of rhythm with flexibility of course but i i, I do like to get up in the same you know span of time preferably in the same one or two hour period each day if possible and go to sleep and likewise in certain times of the day that you get used to eating i just find that i feel better in general this is not yeah. the most uh novel idea ever there's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. that try to sleep and eat at normal times yeah well um, the food thing is pretty chaotic for any traveler because mm-hmm. if you live somewhere obviously you get the groceries that you're used to and then you go to the places yeah. that you like and things are different and you can sort of have a schedule like yeah. i'm gonna wake up and make my eggs every morning but when you're traveling it's just like you're yeah. hardly cooking even when you couch surf like it's harder to cook. It's hard to go to the grocery store and even cook for two people sometimes. Like, sure, and you can do it, and but you don't know even like when you get there. Well, that's sort of the theme, right? It's you don't know anything, and that's what's tiring <laughs> is you just don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, you can plan as much as possible, um, and it's important to know also that this applies more if you're traveling on a budget. You know, if you're on a two-week holiday, that's yeah. a lot different than quote unquote traveling. I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you have a normal life for 50 weeks of the year and then you have your two weeks off, you pretty much know what you're doing, what hotel you're staying at, you're paying for cabs and everything is sort of like the highest class version of what you can do. But if it's your lifestyle for people that are on the road for long periods of time, um, they have a completely different rhythm and a completely different perception and budget um, when they're traveling. long-term travelers are kind of planners i'll notice they'll be like i'm gonna go to prague for five days and i've already got a couch surfer arranged in budapest for mm-hmm. three days and this and i'm definitely gonna go to these few spots 
but that doesn't actually happen. Yeah. Like, part of it might happen, but when they get there, a train's late, that throws them off. The best laid plans of mice and men and travelers. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the saying? I don't know. I it is so. now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but and all, all this taps into your, your privacy, really, because yep. you're, you're never really or rarely like alone. Yeah. Like, with, with my thing, I guess with the car, at least you have that, that space where you're in your car listening to your podcast. If you're driving like that, if you're road tripping, to me, the bus is kind of maybe alone. Like I stick my headphones on. Mm -hmm. my i'm just looking out the window zone out yeah and like unless there's someone really interesting sitting next to me which rarely happens yeah (laughs) that's that's my time to just zone out and sort of feel alone but that like when that's your version of privacy right being surrounded by like 40 people that's when you know (laughs) you you don't have a lot of privacy yeah when that's your privacy yeah and i mean that that uh relates of course to your productivity like how can you get things done effectively if you don't have the time to yourself to do them? And, and, you know, and for me that, that goes back to, um, you know, to sort of how we started, which is for me at this point, my rhythm, I still need to get out. I still need to experience things and travel and sort of throw myself into situations that you have limited control in, because I think it's a muscle that's important that you sort of lose if you're not, using it. And I feel like, um, while I still feel the need to do that, I also don't feel the need to do it as much because it's much harder for me personally, um, to be productive during that time or as productive as I'd like. So it's a constant balance of how do I keep challenging myself and being adventurous in different ways while also checking off this to-do list, you know, that I have, um, quite literal to-do list. I, I sort of, uh, you know, make like an, an annual, like here are the, you the know, goals. I sort of rank order some projects and that may sound a little bit anal retentive or whatever, but I, I do but it's like productive. A, it, yeah, I try to be, and I do a checkup, you know, every few months I'll open this up and I'll look and I, it's always on my mind, but it's nice to have it written down. And the point is obviously if you travel for six months, you only have six months to effectively work on those. If you travel yeah. for three months, well, now you just got yourself three more months to try to check this stuff off. And when you're traveling, if you're not sleeping, you're working out the next place that you're going to sleep like we talked about, or you're a lot of times, if you're not working on the next step, where am I going to sleep? How am I going to get to the next place? You're being social. You're with that person you're staying with, or you're with the person at the bar, the place, the thing. Yeah. Your, your project is, is living when you're on the road. Like that's your main project (laughs) is like, do I have (laughs) like the basic needs? Like that is the project. There's no, you know, of course, it's, you can have moments of uh, you can get ideas and inspiration and work on things here and there. But basically, the goal is sustain yourself, sustain and, and, and put myself you know, in entertaining situations, hopefully, right. or, you know, enriching situations. But those like the entertainment and the enrich- enrichment aren't necessarily your project. It can be. But, right. But um, the reason it's so important, that's a good point. And I want to I want to dig into that a little bit, because I think, though, that's. You need those in order to then get the inspiration to do the projects. So it's important. Yeah. It's kind of step one. So, you know, you, you have to put yourself in these situations in order to get inspired to do whatever it is that you're working on, whether it's a business, whether it's a creative pursuit, whatever it is. If you go and travel for three weeks, three months, whatever you have the capacity and 
you know, time and patience for, you certainly <laughs> are going to get something out of that time. There's no yeah. way that you're going to come back, whether it was terrible or great or somewhere in between. There's no way you can come back it's and have it be flat. exactly <laughs> the same as it was before you left. It, it can't happen. Um, so then whatever happened, good, bad, or otherwise, is something you can use. And this isn't supposed to sound inspirational. I'm not like <laughs> preaching here. I'm just saying you you certainly will have learned a few new things and have thought about some things that you just couldn't possibly think of if you were in the same place and doing the yeah, same thing. Even if it makes about. you appreciate your stability more. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and that's one thing that it people, does. It does. And yeah, a lot of people go on one big three-month, one-year trip, and mm-hmm. then like they're like, wow, I really... Love having my own kitchen. Yep. Love having my own bathroom. I'm gonna really embrace all this now and like do all the projects I've been wanting to do. And yeah, when I got back to Berlin, this particular uh, stint, this was about four months ago now, approximately. And I, honestly, when I got my my flat, my apartment for those uh, for those U.S. listeners <laughs> out there, when I when I got in the flat and it's like, okay, this is settled. Payments are made keys are in hand, all of that stuff. I mean, it took me about three days to leave other than to go to the grocery store and do, I mean, it was like, wow. I felt like it was a scam. Like, do I really, (laughs) you're telling me that this is my space and I can actually get things done and relax and there's no complications. You know, it's just, it's amazing to me that I had a home, you know, and it is every time, every time. My micro version of that is that I, heard, I try not to stay in hotels because they're expensive sure. hostels. Well, let's not count hostels, hotels. So when I do pay for a hotel, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my space. I have yeah. it for X amount of hours. I know what time I got to check out. I'm just going right. to enjoy every moment of just being in here and like sure. enjoying this space that is mm-hmm. mine for now. Yeah. it's a, it, You have a 16-hour cocoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And most of the time, I'm just passed out, like catching yeah. up on sleep. Can we name this 16-hour cocoon the name of the episode? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, probably not a good idea. 16-hour <laughs> cocoon. Yeah. That'll be a book someone writes. <laughs> yeah, people are going to look at the title of that episode. No, let's move on to the next one. This this can't be. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, the last topic, which will uh, transition perfectly into your company and what you're doing is language. Segway. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. Language because that's tiring. Yeah. Uh, like if I'm hitchhiking and I get a ride from somebody who speaks a little English, it just takes so much more of their thought and my thought to just get things through. And I just keep saying hitchhiking because I do a lot of it, but it it's whether you're walking around town looking for yeah. ordering sandwich a or sandwich, beer, yeah, anything, and you're constantly just like. <clears throat> struggling for words or you know it depends how fluent you are like in that particular language or in them as well but it's yeah it just it gets it gets to be a lot of effort <clears throat> and a lot of yeah it's a whole cycles. a whole other barrier you know that you just um if you're traveling in a, in a native english speaking country you just this is not an issue but yeah. if all of a sudden you're in europe uh you know india for example i know you traveled there in nepal recently now you've got a different situation and everything you do necessarily is, is going to be three or four or five times harder. Yeah. And, um, you know, this goes back a bit to what I was saying. It's like, that's a great situation to be in because on the one hand you're being challenged yeah, and that's a very important muscle to keep exercising. On the other hand, it's also more exhausting and it complicates all of the logistics and it makes things harder. It makes yep. things, you know, just everything is more difficult 
but it's important. And, um, you know, with that sort of idea in mind, as someone like yourself, who's done a ton of traveling, that sort of inspired uh, me in, in the context of the business I have now, which is called Fluent. You used the word a minute ago. There it is. Um, because, you know, in, uh, fortunately for us, um, you know, we're just lucky. We're born in a native English speaking country. We didn't yeah. pick it. We didn't um, earn it. You know, we didn't win some game show and we say, oh, you get to <laughs> decide that it would be a pretty much global standard. Yeah, we just, just we just lucked out. So all of these barriers that other people have, um, you know, that might be our age and similar situations to us in virtually every way, except for them, that feeling that we have once in a while when we're traveling, yeah. they have virtually every time they're traveling because if they're not Constantly. in their native country whether that's romania you know where wherever just name a country uh that doesn't speak spanish or english i mentioned those because they're you know languages that are spoken a huge percentage of the world but basically um you know most most people from most places just have an issue um and with that in mind this is this is what really inspired me to try to have like an english language immersion program and it's a chance for these people to basically practice with native english speakers and not only get more comfortable and confident with the language but also the culture of english because it's like you know slang words slang humor you humor, know yeah. uh vibe we we you know we're always screwing around in english we're always kidding yeah. around and joking around and there's a lot of tit for tat and jabs and well, that's you know, where that's where more of the fatigue kind of comes from too. I think is just a lot of traveling is that social enrichment, meeting people, hearing their stories. And when you don't speak the language, or even if you're not fluent, yeah. you're not getting those stories. Because if people are not fluent, but they can still say, <clears throat> "I need bed for tonight," like, but you can't be like, "Last weekend we were going through the woods and I was digging. And I got this bear and dug. I don't know. You like you can't. I don't know." That's a weird story that I started. <laughs> wow. But I definitely I definitely can't, can't finish it now. And I definitely couldn't finish to someone who's only got like 80 words yeah. in English. So. Maybe better not to start it. Yeah. <laughs> For that particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's a it's a barrier, you know, and it's 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 just a barrier in every way uh, socially and, uh, you know, logistically. It just makes everything harder. So um, what's the, the name is Fluent. Yeah, the name of the company is Fluent. So um, if you're a non-native English speaker in Germany, you could go to fluenteurope.de. If you're French, you could go to fluenteurope.fr. If you're a native English speaker um, and you would like to work with non-native English speakers in sort of a fun summer camp styled environment um, cool. in this cultural linguistic exchange, um, you can go to fluenteurope.com. So basically, whichever country you're in, it's fluenteurope.fr. Where are you? <laughs> is, yeah. is the way it works. Um, do you so, have a lot of people? How often do you have like the, I guess, meetups? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we call them programs. Um, yeah. uh, some people call them retreats. I don't like that word so much. It sounds yeah. a little Too corporate, campy. you know, yeah. or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's usually about every two months on average. Um, okay. So this next one coming up in August is in Berlin. Actually, it'll be our first Berlin program. Uh, typically, they're in a more remote location. Um, and yeah, basically, we get half native English speakers, half non-native English speakers. Typically, on any trip, there's five, six, seven different countries represented. So it's really a hodgepodge of 
people from all over the place. How um, many people you have? Like you just suggested, maybe if someone goes to the dot com uh, mm-hmm. fluent English or fluent Europe dot com to want to just be that native English speaker at yeah. each program, how many of those kind of people will there be? Yeah, it depends. I mean, if so, if the program had twelve people in total, uh, for example, there would be um, six native English speakers and then oh, six cool. non-native English speakers, um, and I'm sort of the camp counselor. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of the designated bad comedian. You know, I, gotcha. I, for anyone who's doesn't have the balls to do stand-up comedy, yeah, but also fancies themselves because this is a word I use now. It is. We established that earlier as some kind of a comedic mind. This is a great way to do it because people can't really escape. Like once you're there and you're out <laughs> yeah. in the countryside, my yeah. jokes don't have to be good. <laughs> and they're not going to be good. And they're not going to catch all of them either. And they're apparently. not. That's the best part. And that <laughs> yeah. way, if no one laughs, I can say, well, this is, we obviously have a lot of work to do this, this is week. Why you're here. Yeah, we, this, we're going to improve our English because certainly that would be funny if you, if you absorbed it all. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you again, Kenny. Yeah. I'd say we, we, <laughs> Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, Colorado, Berlin. This is our second Berlin uh, meetup. Yeah, we're yeah. doing okay. Yeah. We're doing okay. Next time will be another we'll few see. months, a year, two see years. See what happens. Yeah. You can be the manager again. I got a new record coming out yeah. in 2018. You can be the... Are you going to tour at all? We'll see. I'm not... No, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, this is a a show about travel fatigue. Yeah, and uh, let's leave it. No, (laughs) no. But I do. uh, I like the idea of kind of, you know, just putting another stamp in my music passport. um, Just making sort of a piece of art without the um, the burden of having to go around and uncomfortably push it to people (laughs) fair enough (laughs) also known as touring and promotion i'll just skip that part you know we'll see the truth is i don't i don't know the answer to that question well the next time i see you we'll do an episode about touring sure that'd be a good one yeah absolutely cool well thanks again yeah thanks for having me bye everybody it's been great (laughs) they recorded (laughs) yes i think we had a better stride Cool, cool. Thanks again, Kurt, for doing that uh, twice. <laughs> Sorry about that. The second time was way better anyways, so who needs to record when you know the next time will be better? Yeah, we'll see each other again down the road somewhere. Um, yeah, now I'm going to go dig into this town a little bit, go grab a beer that'll probably be insanely expensive. Yeah, Switzerland. I guess everything's pretty expensive. Dealing with francs, too, instead of euros. I don't know. It's craziness over here, but it's beautiful, so they got that going. Uh, We'll see how good the beer is. Uh, And yeah, I'm excited to go to Hitchfest, so I'll tell you guys all about it later afterwards. I'm definitely going to interview or talk to some people there, try to get an episode about that. I'm really stoked. Uh, There's going to be some people talking about uh, hitchhiking on boats or sailing communities. I think that's the one I'm most excited for from everything on the site. There's a ton of stuff if you go there. A lot of music, people are going to be fire dancing, doing workshops on how to make soap and stuff. I don't know, all kinds of random stuff, but yeah, that boating stuff I'm most excited about. So that'll be cool. That's where I'm heading next. Uh, Yeah. Conclude this episode. Y'all know how to get in touch with me by now. Freestyle Travel Show at gmail.com or just jump on any of the Facebook, Twitter, Freestyle Travel Show, Hobo Lifestyle, HoboLifestyle.com. 
Um, yeah, as you know, I'm also an Amazon affiliate member. So if you want to go to hobolifestyle.com, go to the gear page. I recommend a bunch of cool gear. And yeah, that guy Julian, the one hitchhiking with a baby, he's using Amazon affiliates as well to uh, make some money on some of his sites, or at least we're, we're trying to, you know. So when people click any of those Amazon links um, and then they buy what we recommend or anything really actually if you just click it and then you got to buy something else um that's kind of the way it works uh we get a little cut of it um it can add up maybe who knows uh so that's that get in touch if you want to otherwise see you down the road bye bye